Dark Art Society podcast covers a variety of important and contemporary issues, including dark art as well as other kinds of art, literature, film, music, also culture, philosophy, dreams, paranormal experiences, magic, and a whole lot more than that. I'm Mike Carell, director of Chet's Art. I like to paint monsters, and you are listening to the Dark Art Society podcast, hosted by renowned artist Chet Zar. Here we are. Here we are. What is up, Mike? I can't stop looking at this thing. I'm I'm totally been listening to you this whole time. We because obviously we've been talking, but I just can't stop touching my my mag, magic kinetic ward. <laughs> like because it's just so cool looking and like it feels so cool when I move it and the little like things are like swaying back and forth all trippy and magnetic. Yeah. <laughs> so that I just want you to know that if I'm looking away, it's okay. It's, I thought you were doing like you doodle. It's kind of like you doodling, uh, except for it's just me playing with uh, my ward. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were. Uh, doing work or something no i i don't think it's fair to work while we talk okay yeah i need to devote my attention to the podcast and, and you but i i can't help it sits right here until i finish it and someone buys it it sits right here and it's like it's it's addictive man i'm telling you that's good that's good make more of them oh yeah yeah i'm going to i'm going to make bigger ones but first i want to see everyone seems to be interested in this from the little videos that i've posted it's pretty cool it's pretty magical. That's for yeah. sure. Yeah, it's super cool. Well, anyway, that was totally I just got a news update that a Uber self-driving car killed a pe- pedestrian in Arizona. Wow. Isn't that trippy? Uber self-driving car. So is that to say that the person works for Uber and was driving their car, but it was also a self-driving car? I don't know. I haven't read the story. So, but it I mean, I guess... Up on my, but do you catch... Do you no, catch it, a, self, a self-driving Uber... Struck and killed a woman crossing the street in Tempe, Arizona. Sunday so there evening. Was, there was nobody operating the vehicle. No, isn't that freaky? Well, that's so uh that that's so total recall. Like Johnny Cab. Right. <laughs> Johnny Cab. <laughs> yeah, that's freaky. It was bound to happen though. You know, well they worked the bugs out, I guess. Looks up, there's no one driving the car. She's like, Oh my god, it's Christine. <laughs> I used to I remember having this nightmare i had this one overload yeah i remember having this one dream when i was a kid a really scary super scary dream and uh, and i've had this dream before with the cars like cars drive by with no drivers as part of the scary thing but i remember i was walking on my street it was the middle of the night and there was a a lurch type guy, like from the Adams family, you know, lurch, mm-hmm. like a big yeah. scary guy. I was with my cousins and brother and sister, maybe. And we were going down the street towards the house and I kept, you know, it's that one of those classics where this guy's close behind me, just walking, coming to get me. And I keep tripping, tripping, tripping over and over, you know, and I can't keep up with the group and I'm like, they're leaving me behind. You're falling behind. Yeah. And tripping repeatedly and then at one point this garage door opened in one of the houses and there was these two little vampire kids with like glowing white eyes and they're like <laughs> you know <laughs> and then they hissed at you like snakes well i have that uh i don't know if they hissed at me but they definitely kind of looked at me with those eyes they might have hissed though and uh, maybe their eyes maybe their eyes hissed at you i mean this is a dream we're talking about yeah it's possible it's possible but then I, we got to the house my house and all the lights were off and my the my family members were like, oh, we'll go and try and break in a window or whatever. And I'm out in the front yard by myself and all the lights are just dark. Like the house just had this feeling of just dead emptiness. And I look 
and a jeep an army jeep with you know with no doors drives by uh-huh. just drives down the street all casually with no driver it was uh-huh. so creepy in the dream that's all i remember from the dream but it still sticks with me because it was just like a haunted street my street was haunted you know yeah yeah so. i think in fact i remember the first interview i ever did with you at your house for i like to paint monsters we recorded that story oh, really? on tape i think pretty sure we have the interview of you telling that story did, did i say that the kids I, I was getting you to go through all your dreams remember because <laughs> mm-hmm. i was like real at that point in time i was real like attached to this like wonder if his dreams have anything to do with it well i better ask a lot of dream questions <laughs> you know? yeah that one stands out that was really scary yeah, that's a creepy one for sure. That's what made the uh oh you haven't seen it. Never mind. You haven't seen Twin the new Twin Peaks yet. No, I so haven't. I can't say anything. Never mind. Once it's once it's available to me on you know a platform that I can get, I'll I'll be all about it though. Yeah, so good. I don't have Showtime or HBO or anything like that. Yeah. Oh, there's a new um documentary on Netflix. You get Netflix, right? Yeah. It's about a sex cult, hippie sex cult that ended up in murder or something. Really? What's it called? Wild, wild world or something. Wild world. I don't know. Uh, something like that. Yeah. It's just came out. You know, one of the things speaking I of love Netflix, cult you know, documentaries, this is, this is totally off the subject, but it's about crime. And that is that like, if you want to know how different our law enforcement is versus Canada, watch the show Under Arrest. It's like the Canada version, like the Canadian version of cops, basically. Uh-huh. So for those that are listening from the United States, you've watched cops, you know what cops are like in the United States. But if you don't know what they're like in Canada, <laughs> wherever you're from, you should watch this show on Netflix called Under Arrest because that is a Canadian cop show and it is awesome. And they are so much cooler. People are so much like, I don't know. I can't even explain it. You just got to watch it. Like, I mean, some crazy weird stuff happens on that show, but the vast majority of majority of it is just like drunk people and the cops. They're not, you know, they never pull a gun. They never pull a taser, but dude, they'll chase you down and slam you. They'll, you, they'll oh, really? like, they put their body into that shit. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> it's like, you know, they're not like these, like, I'm going to stand back and shoot you with beanbags and stuff. Like, they're going to chase you down and throw you on the ground, you know? <laughs> and it's like, it's a little bit more of kind of like a throwback to how policing used to be, you know? It's not about aiming your guns and your tasers at people and taking shots at people and all of this, you know? Even mace, you don't even see a mace people do. They just get right in there. They're just like, no, nah, I'm not having this, you know? It's just, it's a funny show. And, and it's, and I like it because it kind of offsets for me being from the United States is like, you know, I know how cops are here and I've not just from watching the show, but from living here and to watch Canadian cops, man, it just makes you wish you lived in Canada. It really does. Cops are so much cooler and the people there are, you know, the vast majority of the people are pretty much just like the issues are people they're just drunk and belligerent in public pretty much most of the time. you know, every once in a while you got something really freaky, like the dude in the construction lot that takes a, t- a rusty can lid and cuts his junk off. That's on that show. Oh my God. Holy crap. I've never seen anything so like brutal. And, and they, they, you know, they, they blur it out pretty good, but still the, the call that uh. they go to is like unbelievable, you know? So there's some pretty hardcore stuff on it. Okay. <laughs> this show is called wild, wild country. Wild. Oh yeah, I just saw. I just added that to my queue last night. Actually, yeah, I'm gonna watch it. So I was watching. I've been done. watching Flint Flint Town, the show Flint Town about Flint, Michigan. Mm. It's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a bunch of those kind of social activism 
documentaries that I just am like, I don't want to know how bad the food is right now. I don't want to know. This one's about cops. It's about cops, crime. Yeah, that's the the same thing. There's like a ton of them on HBO and, you know, about black people getting killed and by cops. And it's just like, you know, you got to be in the right frame of mind for that. It's just, it really bothers me a lot. So um, I haven't really been in the, um, frame of mind to watch anything I'm a little more yeah, it's, for it's the heavy heavy subject material more going for the entertainment value these days <laughs> i yeah. don't want any more stress in my life well yesterday yesterday uh, i actually because yesterday i didn't work for once in like a very long time i mean i really didn't work like 100 percent didn't work yesterday which mm-hmm. is you know how rare that is for me and uh and at one point in time joy needed to make a telephone call for a bit and so i was like you know i'm gonna watch a movie just like a movie movie, you know? And I sat down and I started looking through Netflix and I was like, I haven't seen Casino in forever. So oh I think my Casino God, it's so good. And it's just one of those fallback movies for yeah, me that like I'll I can watch, watch once every couple of years. It's so well done. You I just, can watch, you that's just the one it. of the movies I just watch. Like anytime it's on, I see it on TV, I'll watch it because it's yeah. so great. Oh my God. So I watched, I, love that I watched a little over half of it and then I saved myself the, you know, the whole second half, which is like a whole, yeah. almost set, a different movie, you know, for yeah. later. But yeah, it was really fun just to sit down and watch something that I like. Another one like that is like Training Day. I love the movie Training yeah, Training Day. I can watch it anytime. And so, you know, those are kind of those movies where it's like I can just recreate and chill out for a minute, which is rare for me. You know? Yeah, Training Day is great. Yeah, so Don awesome. Don Rickles is the the casino guy. And oh, I know, dude, he's so, so perfect. Yeah. He's the, the class you know, dinosaur, like that's what we'd call him. He's a dinosaur. People that have been in it forever, you know, they're dinosaurs. We used to have this guy, this guy digger and they called him digger because he always worked graveyard, you know? And so his, his nickname was never, no, I don't even know what his real name was. Everyone called him digger, but he was a dinosaur. He'd been in old Vegas forever and then came up to Washington, you know, and was like, but he was, you know, you call him for something important in the pit. You'd be like, I got a $2,000 cash out. I need a verification. And he'd be like, whatever and hang the phone up on you <laughs> or then you'd look over like is he gonna come over and he would like you know real slowly come over you know but like that was that was totally he was classic old Vegas style. yeah all right we're nine minutes into it and we haven't even discussed what the topic is but that's good because i was thinking how the hell are we gonna fill a whole hour up with synesthesia which is the topic well, for today. Some, you did some research, so. I did. I mean, I have it. We could spend the the uh, the, the uh, hour saying what flavors names are, but that would, you know, not be that interesting. But you have it, too, in a way, don't you? Don't you have it, like, to where you, you can look up memories, like this filing system in your head? Because that's kind yeah. of like it, isn't it? I do have some similar. I mean, well, and that's, I guess, part of what's interesting. Maybe we should start with a little description of what synesthesia is. But I think there are so many varieties of it that we've only just become to kind of scratch the tip of the iceberg of well, what I, it is. I know since so. the last time I looked at, you know, on uh, Wikipedia, there's a whole bunch of new categories they added exactly. to synesthesia. Yeah. So it's really a new a new field in so far as scientific data is yeah. concerned and classification and stuff. Yeah, a lot of stuff they say they don't even know they don't know about it. And it's only been studied, you know, in a in a minor way. So yeah, basically synesthesia is when you is the triggering of one uh, sensory perception by another. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like people. The common ones are people um, see colors when they hear music or certain noises or they uh they hear a, a an instrument and they'll see a shape you know a, a, some kind of geometrical shape 
Right. Or else they'll have, I, I was reading up on it. They have the, uh, the, I forget what they call them, but one was like a, a, a projecting one to where you actually, let me see. I'm going to look here. What, what? I'll never be well, able I mean, to find it. Wait, look, flat, let, me, let, me, let me finish. Okay, one, one of them, it's like, it will project something that you see. And then the other one, you just have this really strong feeling that it is orange or it tastes like this. And that's the one I got where it's like, you just have this feeling. I don't see something, you know what I mean? Right. Right. Well, and even it's like, I think that, you know, from what I understand, there are people who, you know, they will, they'll taste sounds, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And they'll, they'll, uh, see smells. And, and so it's almost like, you know, and I want to say cross wiring because I don't think that it's a, that's more of a derogatory statement and I don't mean it in that way, but it's almost as if the traditional senses that lead from, wow, this went in my mouth, it tastes like this, you know, or wow, this went in my ear, it sounds like this. It sends the signal to two places simultaneously and it lights up that that section of the brain or that quadrant right. of the brain so that there's a sensorial experience of something that would otherwise only be experienced in a different type of sense be it you know right. taste touch sight sound so mm-hmm. on and so forth yeah there's all kinds of crazy ones when i was looking it up like people that feel they'll actually feel when someone else gets tapped on a shoulder or something really mm-hmm. weird physical uh manifestations of it but uh yeah that's and that would be considered like uh like sympathetic like a sympathetic reaction yeah yeah but um yeah mine is really super strong and it is that names and words have flavors right you know that's my that's uh and (laughs) it's really dumb and kind of the the one that's completely useless other than a good like party trick it's not even a good party trick, actually, because I could, if you don't know me, you'd think I was just making it up. The only way to test me is to come back in 10 years to, and see if it automatically comes up when you say, you know, what does the name of Brian taste like? And it's bacon, bacon, like it was 10 years ago, like it was when I was five years old. Right. Yeah. But it's, well, but I think what's interesting to me, though, about your case, that's other than just the fact that you have this synesthesia, which is clearly interesting, but is also that, you know, you had, there was a certain point in time where you realized you had it, right? Yeah, which is that was to a say trip. That, which is to say that you always had it, mm-hmm. but you weren't aware because you had no point of reference. So at some well, point in time, you, you, you gathered a point of reference, right? Yeah. That's, that's, uh, one thing I was reading too is that they said that, most people either with synesthesia either suddenly realize it and don't realize they've had it their whole lives or they they're like keep it a secret because they're kind of ashamed of it because it's a weird thing and for me it was i i had no idea i don't know how i how it occurred to me but i remember it was around um probably 2000 or the early 2000s i was working at rick baker's i remember standing where i was too when i when it hit me for the first time um, that I, that I, every time I, I would hear certain words or names, I would have this feeling of a flavor. And, um, I was like, oh shit, I bet you, I wonder if other people have this. I just assumed my whole life that I've been doing it constantly. Like it happens every time you hear, hear a word. And it's not like I get actually a flavor, like I'm tasting it. It's more like the sensation that, you know, that, you know, an apple, if someone says, what does an apple taste like? You have an idea what the apple tastes like automatically because you've tasted an apple. It's like that. So I hear the word and automatically it's like, Oh, I know what that tastes like. And, mm-hmm. um, and I'm still, 
I still discover them all the times, you know, ones that I, I've been thinking or feeling all this time and not become consciously aware of. So it's always kind of fun when I hear a new a word that I consciously bring it to my. What about what about giraffe? Giraffe. That is like. You know, it's kind of like a fruit roll up. You ever have a fruit roll? Remember those? Yeah, yeah. They're, they're called fruit rolls when I was a kid. Yeah, it's it's the, the weird thing I should mention too is um, that <clears throat> there it's it's all stuff from my childhood. So it's clear clearly it was cemented in my mind, and it said that in the article as well that happened that it's stemmed from my childhood. Like this, these associations formed when I was a kid because it's all food I used to eat in the seven you know early seventies junk food. American mm-hmm. white American crap junk food like there's a lot of things that are associated with white bread and you know milk and hot cookies do- cookies cold hot cheese do- cheese chips. cold hot dogs you eat out of the fridge funyuns yeah. you know it's like really shitty 70s junk food that I used to eat so it's funny you know like Jesus tastes like Cheetos <laughs> You know? the best one ever <laughs> and, but, so see great. that's a, the, th- the thing is it's like some of them they make sense because they sound kind of like the word and then other ones don't sound anything like the word like right. like terrorist tastes like nacho cheese doritos like really strongly yeah you know and and i can't you know some it makes you know it's it, <laughs> it, i think that probably and then this is my hypothesis and the theory as to how it that might work terror for tastes you, like a dorito is that like when you know when when you're a child obviously anyone's a child the neural pathways are developing and mm-hmm. we're starting to make connections between the things that we think and the things we feel and how all of that orients and so let's say that you encountered the word terrorist for the very first time when I was eating some and you burritos. were eating nacho cheese right. burritos, right? And you know, you encountered that word and, and, or maybe the scene about the, maybe you knew the word terrorist, but that whatever you encountered was like profound enough that it made like a, a marker but in the, your head, like, Oh, right. terrorism. But, that, the, but that's, it seems like if that was the case and everybody would have that, you know what well, I mean? No, that's what I'm saying is that synesthesia in my opinion, is a form of neurodiversity, which is to say that the vast majority of people are neurotypical, right? And the word typical denotes, obviously, that that is the common type of most people, right? right? That they think and feel in a very ubiquitous or, or homogenized way. Most people are like, green is green, and the needle is sharp, and the fire is hot, and the ice cream is cold, you right. know what I mean? And that's how it is, and mm-hmm. that's neurotypical. But neurodiversity, I think, is a person who is born with some kind of proclivity, inevitably, that genetically or physically, you know, physiologically, towards having uh, connections that will build in ways that draw connections between disparate things for right. other people. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's, that it is a pre a predestined thing to whatever degree that people are born to whatever degree neurotypical, but then how it, how it manifests or how it exhibits itself is very different in individual and idiosyncratic yeah, yeah, based for on sure. who, who it is that's exhibiting it. Right. So th- throw out some names and I'll just name the flavors just to give okay, people so an idea. Obama. Just to give people a taste. Does Obama have a taste? No. This is not from your childhood. No, yeah, it's too late. Uh, other, yeah, it's too words, late. That's why I'm curious. That's why yeah, I threw it out there. Yeah, yeah. Okay, how, how about, um, how about uh, rifle? Mm, that's not a really, that's the other thing. That's another good point. Some of them are very strong, like Jesus tasting like Cheetos or terrorists t- tasting like Doritos. But, um, 
Other ones are either so weak that I almost am like, eh, because gun or rifle or gun kind of tastes like when you lick a piece of metal. Oh, okay. <laughs> but it's not strong enough to where I'd even, it doesn't go okay, what about, right in my head. What about, what about Brenda? Bread. Right. Tastes like what bread. About, what about Cassandra? Vanilla pudding. What about Paul? Uh, a, a lollipop, like a lemon lollipop. Tom? Baloney. Mike? Mike is that is, is one of those ones that's not really strong, but it kind of is like, you know... Uh, it's 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 a weird one because it's kind of like licking a microphone. <laughs> <laughs> what about what about the? the but it's also name. Kinda, what about Michael? Michael. Ah, uh, see, the other one is they have flavors, but I haven't verbalized them before, so I'm trying to go. Okay, what is that flavor that I'm tasting, Michael? Mike. Michael. That's my real. That's my birth name. Um. It is something. I think it might be got something to do with like a comb. <laughs> How <laughs> like a comb would a, taste. Or like putting a comb in your mouth, maybe. It's not it's it's one of the ones that if someone was asking me, I'd be like, Yeah, it's not strong enough to really I only yeah. really like to address the ones that are just solid. Super strong. Yeah, right. yeah. Okay, what about Suzanne? Suzanne tastes like uh chicken noodle soup. <laughs> And then, you know, soup, Suzanne, Susan, it's Susan is way more than Suzanne. Suzanne has got, it's funny because the Suzanne, the Zan part of it is kind of like a banana flavored in a way. But so, but Susan is full on chicken noodle soup, but it sounds <laughs> kind of like soup, Susan soup, you know, kind of, I don't know. <laughs> it's, I think it's a bit of a stretch. Some of them like, you know, the, my favorite ones are the ones that just have no connection no like connection kathy yeah. tastes like milk well and i asked you what that what that the one tasted like uh, what does aaron taste like and it was like a funny taste oh yeah it was like uh ammonia smell, yeah ammonia. smell of ammonia um uh the other one that's good is mary which tastes like exactly like eating a cold hot dog from the fridge <laughs> raw <That's great. laughs> it's so strong it's just i've all it's just uh, it's so weird it's so it's, it's what about it's really what about, embarrassing too kind of what about adam adam tastes kind of like uh adam i think it tastes kind of like an apple flavored candy like a jolly yeah. apple jolly rancher maybe again that's not a super strong one or a crab apple. <laughs> what about April? Fruit roll. Fruit roll. Fruit roll. Same as giraffe then. Yeah, but giraffe is like, it's not a super strong one. It's, it's, mm. giraffe's kind of a mix. You know, it's kind of like Jeffrey, which Jeffrey's, but Jeffrey's a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. That's a really strong one. Yeah. Yeah. And when I say sandwich, I'm talking white bread, peanut butter and jelly, like, you know, white yeah. Weber's bread <laughs> the really <laughs> shitty bread yeah it's pretty it is bizarre i mean you obviously we've talked about it a lot because you told me what you were like oh all of a sudden you were like joy tastes like good and plenty yeah <laughs> that, that one's really <laughs> strong paradise yeah yeah that's a really strong one good and plenty candy <laughs> <laughs> yeah but it's weird because it's it's most names uh you know proper names of people's names and then it's also words you know like 
but a lot of words don't have them. It's what about le- skull? Does the word skull have skull. a taste? No. Or skeleton? Mm, no, nothing comes to no. mind, really. Although it's funny that you mentioned it, because I do get a feeling. I just can't quite. It's not really a flavor. It's more like a feeling of hardness, you know, mm. sort of, which is interesting. What about, what about monster? Monster. Monster. Yeah, it's something. Might be like a sloppy Joe. Maybe. <laughs> That's good. I like that one. <laughs> but you're not sure. It just might yeah, be. it's not a huge one. Yeah. Yeah, well, my, I mean, obviously we've talked about the fact that I have similar kinds of things, but mine are definitely not like that. Like that's not how my synesthesia, if you want to even call it that operates, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I have a couple of them, but the one that I can think of for me that reacts the most similar to what you're talking about is that words, I see all words in my head. And so um, and they all have a specific font and sometimes colors hmm. and sometimes they're shadows See, that, okay. and sometimes they have outlines and sometimes they're blocked, yeah. but it's the same. So it's not like it looks different each time. There's a consistency to it where it's like, yeah. if you tell me any word, I'll, I'll see it in my head that right sound, away without thinking about it. Yeah. You know? That does from, from what I was reading, that does sound like, um, <clears throat> sound like synesthesia because, uh, what was it saying in here? There was something about, you know, seeing seeing words uh as colors like if a word is spelled wrong some people see it red so that, right, that's right. how they know how to spell really well and but also me, like them being well, shaded and, you know yeah, so yeah. you're getting this mental picture of it but well and that's why i've always been really good at spelling that's the that's thing the, is like if someone asks me they'll say how do you spell thoroughly mm-hmm. right when i just said it as i said it i can see it in my head how it's spelled exactly right. and the reason mm-hmm. that i'm able to tell someone else is because i can suspend the image of what it looks like and thoroughly by the way has like it's block and it has like kind of curly cues like right. uh, <laughs> like uh, uh um victoria era at right. the edges of the and they're all rounded and it yeah. just you know says thoroughly but i can then see it so right now i'm thinking okay if someone needs me to spell it out for them i can just say t-h-o-u-r-o-u-g-h-l-y because i'm looking at it in my head right you know? yeah, yeah that's why i'm good at spelling isn't and that's part of the memory thing that you're talking about is that like the reason is it's a visual synesthesia for me so like my mind is recording everything that's happening and if i have no trigger to remember it i won't but if you give me any trigger to remember any Anything, it's like I can pull out the video file or the whole experience file. I can see, I can even see things that I didn't know I was paying attention to at the time, like oh, colors wow. of clothing and like details in the room. And, but it's all a matter of cueing. I have to be cued. So huh. if there's nothing cueing the memory, I won't remember it. Right. But if you just give me something to remember, that's why whenever we're talking and you're like, well, Mike, what about this? And I'm like, oh, well, it was this year and it right. was this month yeah. and this is when it happened. And that also extends to like how I, um, orient with time and calendars. So for instance, the way that that the calendars in my head look is that January is at the bottom and it's on the left-hand side of a margin. And then it goes February, March, April, May, June, July, and it goes all the way up to October. It's this whole stack. It's like a tower. And then on the right hand, hold on. And then on the right-hand side of it, short, is November and December. And they're down here on the right-hand side of it. So you go all the way October and then you drop down to November, (laughs) December, and then back over to January. And that's just how it is. It's always been that That, way. Well, that that is one of the forms of synesthesia they're saying with people that have specifically with dates and days of the week and months some and this sounds like a variation of what you have whereas uh 
one will appear close. The first, the the first of a month will appear closer to you, and the second will closer. appear farther away, yeah. and it, it like a spatial thing. So that totally sounds to me like yeah. like a form of that synesthesia. Well, that's how I do. Uh, that's you know, it's it's funny too because it even extends into weird abilities. Like I have an internal timer. And so like if I put food in the oven and I set the timer, you know, I'll mm-hmm. go and I'll sit down and I'll just be like, like watching a show, let's say it's set for 25 minutes. And all of a sudden I'll start feeling really anxious. And I used to not know what it was before I d- identified it. I'm like, what is bothering me? But now I know what it is, is that the timer's about to go off. My mind is keeping track of it mm. somehow in the background, not consciously. And so I'll stand up and I can't tell you how many times I'll walk over and it'll be within like five to 10 seconds of when it's going to go off. Same thing with alarm clocks. I'll set my alarm. I don't anymore, but when right. I did, I'd set it. I will always wake up right before it's going to go off. I mean, oftentimes to the point where like I'll wake up and I'll look over and it'll go off. Like, yeah, right. and it's, 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 I think that that's part of that synesthesia is like, there's this kind of a background thing running where you're able to keep track also of like uh, north, south, east, and west. Like I have an internal compass. And if I'm faced, whatever direction I'm faced, even if I'm in a place I don't know, I'll be able to tell you what direction it is more or less. It's right. just, I just, it will be that way because there's the, and that relates again to what we talked about in the, um, the, the pre-roll, which is the proprioceptive stuff, right. is that directional sense is proprioceptive. It has to do with a whole body Let, awareness of where your placement it is with, within the greater world. Check this out. I just looked on the, the Wikipedia page. You definitely have spatial sequence synesthesia because it says those with spatial sequence synesthesia tend to see numerical sequences as points in space. For instance, the number one might be farther away and the number two to be closer. People with SSS may have superior memories. In one study, they were able to recall past events and memories far better and in far greater detail than those without the condition. Mm -hmm. They also see months or dates in the space around them. Some people see time like a clock above and around them. Yeah, I see see time. I I see time as a clock for sure. All all the time. Yeah. Yeah, you've told me about that. Mine is called lux- lexical gustatory synesthesia, and it is one of the more rare ones. Only point zero point two percent of the population has it, and it's totally useless. There's a documentary about it called Derek Tastes of Earwax, <laughs> and I have to find that documentary because I know exactly, even though Derek doesn't taste like earwax, it tastes like Weber's bread. I, I get the idea. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, the other thing that I can say in regard to synesthesia that's interesting is when I've had experiences and, and you know, <clears throat> for lack of a better description, you know, when I was a young person, I was intentionally trying to engage in astral projection. Now, I don't necessarily use, utilize that terminology anymore in relation to my experiences then or now, but I'll just use it because people recognize what that is. When I was a young person and I was engaging that activity, I would have, like, for instance, if I passed through a wall while I was out of body and I was going through a wall that exists in physical space, but I wasn't, you know, in a corporeal uh, uh, semblance myself, I wasn't actually taking up physical space Mm -hmm. as i would go through the wall it was like i could it was like i could taste the layers of the wall Mm. which is to say that like i can't really say what they tasted like but they were like like when you'd go into the um into the drywalls like really chalky and when you would go into like uh insulation and stuff it would have a really like uh spongy (laughs) to taste like like cotton candy taste no no like (laughs) looks like cotton candy 
fibrous yeah, and yeah. like, but each layer as you would pass through it, I wouldn't say it. I, again, I can't say it tasted like that, but I could feel like what it would taste like if that makes any right, sense in yeah. like a really yeah, full yeah. body kind of way, you mm-hmm. know? And so that's my only experience that relates whatsoever to yours, right. you know, because I've never had that in my waking consciousness, but in, in other states right. of consciousness. The, the, the closest thing I, I equate it to in other aspects of my life it is the art thing, because to me, um, with a painting, I, when I'm working on a piece of art, I don't always know what I need to do to fix it, but I can always tell if it looks wrong. You know, mm-hmm. it just is a feeling. And when it's done and it's right, you feel it. It's not like uh, I'm going, okay, this is working because of the golden triangle and I've got Mm -hmm. this positioned here the way it's supposed to be. It's totally, uh, completely a feeling thing, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's it's similar to to that in a way because I can see it and then I'll get a, like almost not a physical feeling, but a feeling of well-being inside that it's right, Mm -hmm. you know? And Mm -hmm. it's similar to the the idea of, um, you know, just, getting a stimulus from one, you know, one set of stimuli and it, you know, causing a reaction from another. It's sort of like that where you're seeing something and getting a feeling of whether it's right or not, but maybe that's not synesthesia. Although they do say synesthesia, uh, most synesthetes are creative. People tend to be creative who have it, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. But, well, and I, th- I think the thing about synesthesia, too, is that it's hard to know, again, where that line exists between it and other, you know, other yeah. experiences, because, you know, I would I would go so far as to say, like, precognition, intuition, you know, uh, yeah, those kinds related. of things seem correlated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to me, absolutely, because I also experience those things. So it's like, you know, I've had a lot of it. I have a lot of dreams where I'll dream something before it happens and it'll happen, you know, right. and it'll <clears throat> and and so maybe it's just because there's co- comorbidity there, you know, and they just, <laughs> it could be that they're totally separate things, but I get the feeling that it's not. Cause like you were just talking about with a painting, I would call that intuition, you know, right. and I've always been a big, a big believer in following my intuition, which is to say that I follow something that cannot be defined or categorized. It's just a feeling or a sense that something is right or something is wrong mm-hmm. or something is good or something is bad, you know, and I've never had it steer me wrong. That's the thing. And that's why I trust it. And then of course, if you have a strong intuition and you you speak about it to the people in your life, they end up trusting it because you know they see they see the outcome of of it. You know, you right. tell them it's going to be a certain way, and then it is, and they're like, "Whoa, okay." You know, once you've done that a hundred times, it's hard to start to think that's a coincidence. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it it really re- relates synesthesia relates to art as well in the sense that um, at least particularly in dark art and surrealism that you are kind of creating you're you're creating a new thing out of recontextualizing dis disparate things mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. what i mean two things that yeah. maybe don't belong together normally like a smiling uh guy giving a thumbs up but he's a horrible monster type you know thing you know what I'm saying? It, it seems drawing connections between things that otherwise wouldn't be connected. Right, right. Right. I agree. Yeah. I think that that's a really astute observation on your point because that is the effect of effectively of synesthesia, which is that you're drawing connections between things that otherwise in a neurotypical person would not be drawn. So if you're doing that artistically again, maybe that's the zing, maybe that's the magic. Maybe mm-hmm. that's what turns people on, you know, is that you're able to exhibit this internal, 
uh, tendency towards drawing connections in strange ways right. outwardly for them so that then they can experience the drawing of a connection in a strange way right. that's alternate to their their habitual perception ultimately. And, if, and if you do it right it feels right to someone who doesn't have the synesthesia type right. thing you know so you're yeah, kind of relating yeah. it to someone who, who, who doesn't have that oh, hey, that's a really good point do you uh i was thinking it'd be fun if you just read maybe read off some dark art society sure uh patron Patreon people, some of their names, and I can give them the flavors because that's let's always start, kind of let's just, let's my fun little at, party start trick. The, start back at the beginning. We already did April, right? Yes. April is uh, a fruit roll. Uh, Chris. Rice Krispies, which is obvious. To me, that's like it embarrass, embarrasses me because it's so obvious where how that came about because Chris and Rice Krispies are just like. <laughs> Yeah, but I think that's just your logical mind trying to make sense out of something yeah, that doesn't it, yeah. necessarily, you know, because it is, again, yeah, it, it is you as, can't, like, if we talk about my synesthesia, you can't draw any obvious connection as to, like, I can't tell you why thoroughly has curly Q Victorian style edges on it, you right, know what right. I mean? I fucking have any idea. <laughs> it just yeah. does. And it, it is a strong, Chris, though, is a very strong uh, Rice Krispie one. Though. Well, Chris, ha- Chris Hackard, you are Rice Krispies. Uh, <laughs> and you, you said April Dickerson was Fruit Roll. Yeah. And we've got a Thomas, Thomas McGillifray. Thomas is bologna or a bologna sandwich. Bologna. Or bologna sandwich, Thomas. Carrie Nagy. Carrie, uh, uh, cranberry juice. Cranberry juice, Carrie the cranberry. Or Jason. pomegranate juice a little bit. Pomegranate. Pomegranate-y. Mm-hmm. Jason, Jason Farmer. Jason's peanut butter and jelly for sure. Jason, you are peanut butter and jelly. And farmer, Carrie. interesting enough, farmer, since that's a common word, um, good one. Uh, is uh, it's it's a sandwich, but it's a certain kind of sandwich with like a hard roll bread, like a su- it's like a submarine sandwich with wow, like okay. with kind of like a hard. Uh, I can see it, like a, like with a kind like of a, a hard baguette style. Yeah, but kind of big. You know, I think it's probably from watching a Flintstones cartoon or something. I have this image of this cartoony <laughs> sandwich. Anyway, well, the name, the the word farmer and, and sandwich makes me think of a Reuben. Hmm. I don't know why. <laughs> uh, Eric, Eric Tengren. Eric, that's a strong one too, but I can't. I've never thought. I've never verbalized that one. I don't, oh, it's a. Uh, it's like, it's like a fruit punch, kind of flavor. Wait a minute. Let me think a second. Eric, it's like this fruity flavor it's it's not fruit punch but it's like it might be a fruit punch candy uh wow it's really uh throwing me for a loop i can't place it <laughs> eric i'm gonna think more on that through for a loop eric yeah uh, we already know that mike doherty mike is uh what what'd you say mike Do- was mike is uh that's one of the so it wasn't very strong yeah yeah but doherty oddly enough tastes like sourdough bread oh you know, yeah, it makes Darren, sense. Darren, Darren tastes like oh, Darren's really strong. Tastes like uh, white bread. White bread, same Darren as Derek. Like what about his last name? Wood. Wood. Um, it kind of tastes like wood. <laughs> <laughs> like eating white a piece of wood. <laughs> so you put some wood in the middle of some white bread. That, that, that's, that's Darren Wood. <laughs> that, I was thinking it would be great because because a lot of the uh, words 
not just names have flavors. So I was thinking, I've told you this before, taking like a famous book or a famous section of the Bible or something, mm-hmm. and then just changing out all the words all for the, what the flavors yeah. are. It'd be like this <laughs> weird would. surrealist That'd be great. literature. <laughs> Andrew. 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 That's a strong one too. Andrew. Uh, Drew also. Andrew. It kind of tastes... <laughs> Some of them are not very... Uh, uh, complimentary becoming. <laughs> yeah becoming uh because drew kind of tastes like like drool and andrew oh. sort of tastes like drooly too andrew <laughs> definitely that's like drippy great. but i mean heidi that's the that's the, probably the worst one it's tastes smells like dog breath Ooh. and i and i feel well, bad about, anytime what, what someone about, named heidi asks me what their name tastes like what about andrew like Hawkins i can't help wife. it what about Andrew Hawkins' Deborah. wife's name? Deborah. Deborah. Pineapple. Pineapple. Deborah. Yeah, that's a weird one. It's like a cross between pineapple candy and Funyuns. Oh, <laughs> terrible! <laughs> sounds so gross. I know. Uh, can't help it. Okay, what about what about Bobby? Bobby's white bread, also, which is kind of obvious, I think. What about his last name? Ford, Bobby Ford. Ford tastes like beer. <laughs> white bread beer. It's <laughs> a dangle piece of white bread, some beer. Um, okay, so this is Osgood Art, but I believe that's Caleb. Isn't it Caleb Osgood? Oh, Caleb. Caleb. Isn't it? Yeah, I think, yeah. Uh, Caleb may be one that I I don't really have a strong, it kind of tastes like, it's weird because I was first I was thinking it's not very strong, but it does kind of taste like Caleb Alphabet's cereal. Mm. There's a couple that taste like Alphabet's. I think Abraham <laughs> tastes like Alphabet's or Honeycomb because uh, <laughs> those are both See, these are, Alpha, not obvious. Alphabet's and Honeycomb are really the same kind of cereal. They're just shaped differently if you think about it. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. Not That's a good point. <laughs> That's your insight for the day. <laughs> yeah. If you if if you take one insight away from this conversation today, you know <laughs> that's it. <laughs> take Don't that forget. one, and then you have to start wondering how many ounces are in each box, and <laughs> are smaller parts better than mm-hmm. bigger parts? Is it better to crunch them up or to let your stomach do the digesting? Okay, <laughs> David, David, David tastes like uh, Rice Krispies. Also, that's a really strong one too. Yeah, snap, Rice crackle, Krispies, stu- snap, crackle, stew pockets. <laughs> <laughs> It's, you know, it's Rice Krispies and milk. It's like eating a bowl of cereal with milk. Rice Krispies, particularly. The milk can't be discounted. No, it's part of the the experience. I don't think that, I'm going to read the name, but I don't think you're going to have one for this. Miklos? No. No? Okay. Sorry, bro. (laughs) Uh, Josh. Josh Clark. Josh, that's a good one. Josh tastes like pancakes and syrup. So strong. So strong. Josh, you taste good, bro. Delicious. (laughs) When I hear the word Josh, it's like, and here's the thing. It's not just pancakes and syrup. It's pancakes. It's pancakes that are like, have soaked up all the syrup. So you're uh, eating just like full of syrup all throughout it. Oh, it's so good. Oh, it's so good. Every time I hear that name, Josh or Joshua, it's like, mm. <laughs> you're, wind- you're, you're like, you're like window shopping for food on people's names. You're like you're surrounding yourself with like all these people that that taste good. You're like, well, I don't really care about the guy, but God, his name tastes good. Well, this is this is another interesting aspect of of the uh, synesthesia for me is that 
once I get to know the person, I stop having the association so strongly. Uh, it's okay. like the the words have to be these abstract words that don't have a personality connected to them. Interesting. That yeah, is it is weird. interesting. What about Jeff Collier? Peanut butter jelly. Peanut, peanut butter, butter and Jeff. <laughs> peanut butter and jelly. Jeff sounds like Jif, which is Jif. peanut butter. And I never and I used to when peanut butter was always peanut butter and jelly on white bread. So that's kind of where I think that came from. But you know, it does All taste right, like got- that. We got my boy Toby Gerlich here. Toby's Toby. a good one. Toby. That's another one that I, I've had. It's strong, but I can't think of it because I've never verbalized it. Toby. It might be Toby. Ah, it's like bean, like baked mm. beans. <laughs> baked beans. Baked beans are pretty good, though. Yeah. Yeah, it's not bad. It's something like baked beans. Yeah, I think. Yeah. See what about Shane? Shane Isakowski. Shane tastes like um Shane tastes like cinnamon chewing gum. Cinnamon chewing gum. Yeah. Wow. But hmm. not not as you're chewing it when it's hard, but when it's already very soft in your mouth. So it's not just the flavor, it's the text. Oh, There's yeah. like texture. Definitely. All this texture. Yeah, yeah. In. That's just like like I was saying, Toby, it's like I was getting the feeling of a bean the way it's like the, t- the type of material it is, how it's kind of got, you know, this kind of dense sort of, but sort of soft material. Definitely. It's yeah, a yeah. thing. Do you see Dottie here? Yeah. Can, I can you see, see Dottie? Her? Look at that. Pretty Dottie, dog. the demon dog, Dalmatian looking great Dane. She's so cute. <laughs> Diggity dang old Dane. <laughs> All right. What about Ruben Martinez? Ruben. Ruben tastes like wine. Ruben. Yeah. It's a really strong one. What about William? I don't know that oh, I was uh, drinking wine when I was a kid, but <laughs> yeah, but it, I again, must it doesn't have somehow. Who knows? Drank some I, out again, of a, I think there's more to it than the than, than the obvious. I mean, that's what the whole dark art society thing is about. Let's get down to it. Is that you know, it's all that there's there's more going on than what meets the eye. You have to read between yeah. the lines. It's not yeah. so well defined and categorized. And that's what this is about. And we could try to categorize it and make it seem like something less magical than it is. Yeah. But goddamn, I think it's pretty magical. <laughs> It's my opinion on it. Silly magic. William Elrod. William tastes like uh, chocolate chips. William, you taste like chocolate chips. That's pretty good. What about Lee Shamel? Lee tastes like, uh, Lee tastes like, oh, I can taste it. Uh, uh, It's lime, like green. Lee. It's something lime. Like, Like a lime drink or... Lee. Ah, it's weird. It's definitely, okay, definitely green. I got a good one because we, we only have one person to name today for our new patrons. Oh, and thank perfect. you. Thank you them for the support. So I'm going to jump to them. I real hope quick. it's a good one. And they have three names. There's mm. three names. Okay. And I, and actually I love this guy. And if you're listening, Jonathan, Michael Espinoza, you rule brother. So Jonathan, Jonathan, Jonathan's not a super strong one, but I do get the sensation of uh, those moon sticks. I don't know if you remember those. Those moon are barely sticks. even in mine, my childhood. They're more like from my brother's and my sister's era, like from the late 60s. They were like made astronaut food. They're in mm. like tubes. They're basically like little brownie, chocolate brownie stuff that they said the astronauts would eat. And then uh, they marketed it to kids. Right. Like Tang. Yeah, Totally. Uh, what was his other names, Jonathan? Uh, Michael, which we yeah. already know is nothing. And Espinoza. Espinoza, that's Spanish, so you yeah. probably don't have a... 
Let's see here. What about? Let's just jump to the middle so we don't miss. We get somebody from all all levels here. We haven't tried a Steve yet. Steve is Rice Krispies, also. Steve Clef. Rice Krispies. Okay. What about Jolly Roger? Uh, Roger tastes like Coke from Fountain Coke from a fountain. Ah. Yeah, in a in a wax cup with ice. Wow, that's a really specific one. <laughs> they're they're all specific like that. I mean, if I was to analyze every one, there would be all these little, <laughs> you know, like peanut butter and jelly on white bread and Tom is like bologna sandwich on white bread with mustard. You know, they're all like very It gets it gets very intricate yeah. and involved. <laughs> what about Donovan? I want to know what Donovan Klingle. Donovan. 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 That's that's not a super strong one, but I do get something like cookie dough or cake batter. Cake batter. Yeah, I think. What about Patrick? Patrick Ty? Patrick is, uh, that's a good one. I think it's pumpkin pie, Patrick. Patrick the pumpkin pie. Peter, Patrick, Peter is Pat- also pumpkin Patrick pie. Patrick Payne, pumpkin <laughs> pie. <laughs> yeah, Peter's pumpkin pie. Patrick's pumpkin pie. What about James? We haven't done a James ball. James. James. James is one of those ones that is not that strong. And it's kind of like that moon food also, which is like Eddie is like that moon food stuff too. And that's the other weird thing is that um, I usually can't do it the other way. Like if you say name the food. You can't go to the name. It's not like the food has a name. It's like the name has a flavor. Gotcha. (laughs) What about Trevor? Trevor Ryder. Trevor. It tastes like. You know, some kind of molasses cookie of some sort, Trevor, hmm. like a like a some kind of soft cookie that tastes like molasses with almost that slightly bitter taste of molasses. Hmm. <laughs> what about what about baseball? Baseball, baseball. That doesn't that you know. I could probably fish for something in there, but it's not really a very strong one. Strong. Yeah. What about telephone? Telephone. Nah, I don't really have one for telephone. It seems like you get what I've noticed is it seems like the less syllables, the stronger the because like even people with more syllables in their name, it's there's less of a flavor, and the people with names that have less syllables, there's more of a flavor. It seems the same way with regular words too. But you know, terrorist though has got a lot of syllables, and that's a strong one. Yeah, it is. So I don't know. I mean, that could be the, the the one exclusion to the rule. I'm just saying from all the other ones that I've put out there, right. my, 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 what I surmise is that it seems like the, the less syllables, the, the more powerful the flavor, generally uh, speaking. Okay, do a few more because we got to fill the rest of this hour up. <laughs> we could talk more about all kinds of other stuff that relates to synesthesia. It's, you know, it's do, obviously, do, a few more. do a few more. Do a few more. Come on, get on with it. Uh, you want words or names? Uh, do names of the people because the names are a little more consistent Jace Jace Daniels Jace that's kind of like Jason which is kind of like peanut butter jelly on what kind of bread Uh, white (laughs) white bread (laughs) it's the same as Jason and Jeffrey are there any peanut butter and jellies that don't have white bread no that's what I'm Mm -mm. Autumn Autumn Duris Autumn Autumn that is a strong one because I used to have a friend named Autumn when I was in grade school Autumn Ah, that's weird. It's giving me a weird feeling. Ooh, Autumn, you're giving him a weird feeling. (laughs) No, it's just like a weird nostalgic flashback of being in like the first grade. 
autumn oh i know what it is it's like a, a, a popsicle like a like a bomb pop or a lime popsicle when it's soft you know popsicles as you're getting they've been out a while and you're you're eating them they start to get mm-hmm. soft you know mm-hmm. at first they're kind of hard it's like yeah. a soft popsicle flavor in the lime and yeah. the kind of I know you know I know a lot lime. about popsicles. I was an ice cream man member for an entire right. summer. <laughs> I drove an ice a three wheel Cushman ice cream truck in Spokompton. Wow, on the south side, yeah, it was pretty awesome. So I know all about popsicles and the various states of melting and how good they are because I ate a lot of popsicles during that period of time. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Marnie, Marnie Pitts, Marnie, Marnie. I don't have a strong one for Marnie. I mean, it's kind of like uh, Marnie. It's kind of like Maynard, which is kind of like, there's something there for sure. It's like chocolatey. I should see his forehead. All the veins are sticking out. And he's thinking so <laughs> Take a screenshot. <laughs> Did you do it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was fake. I took though. one when you weren't even trying. Oh, good. And I took one when you were trying. The one where you weren't trying, you have a really, really funny smile on your face. <laughs> All right. I'll get back to it. A couple more. Marnie, you, you, didn't, you, were, you thought so hard on Marnie, you couldn't come up with anything? Well, no, it was chocolatey. You know, oh, it's chocolate. something chocolatey. It. It's not really excited. strong, but it is something that's kind of chocolatey and doughy a little bit. Dark. What about Jay? Jay Cromwell. Jay is cheese. <laughs> cheese. <laughs> Jay, you are cheese. Is he a specific kind of cheese? Um, Jay. Um, it's like a block of cheese for sure. It's not like a slice yeah. of American cheese. It's like a block you cut off. It might be Jack cheese. Mm-hmm. You know, it's definitely in the in that kind of type of cheese. Soft cheese. Soft cheese. <laughs> Karen Welch. Karen. Karen. Carrots. That's a strong one. Carrots. Obviously. See, there's one of those obvious ones. Could be. Could be. Richard. Richard Ray. <laughs> Richard. Okay, this is a trip. Richard tastes like eggs. Scrambled eggs. Ooh, uh-oh. And you can tell the story about eggs. Oh, yeah. That's a pretty good story. I, yeah, I, I hate story. I hate eggs. That's the weird thing, too, because so is uh, Judy. My mom's name tastes like eggs, too. And I hate Ooh. eggs. But I didn't hate my but, parents. But you know, you're, but you know her, so the <laughs> flavor goes away, right? You said the yeah, association. Yeah, 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 right, right, yeah. But the name, but the Tell name, the egg story, it is kind of weird, such a great story. It's weird that, that that you know my you know biological I'm having dad and my okay, mother had both of their names are the same flavor, and it's something that I hate. Which you is, want to hear something really weird? What? I'm having a weird synesthesia moment right now because I was about to. St- you know, urge you again to tell the egg story. And as I said that, because I had a placeholder, all of a sudden I was transported to in the car with you and in San Pedro driving with Tom Enzyme in the back seat, recording for the documentary, which is when you told me the story about the egg. So like I'm having this synesthesia moment here where like I'm having the memory flashback of remembering uh. <laughs> the exact first time you told me the egg story because I had a reason to think about the egg right. story. Because I can picture where we were driving, what San Pedro looked like, yeah. the neighborhood, where it was oriented to where your house was, your your mm-hmm. childhood house. And to take it one step further, while you were telling me that story, you know when you tell someone a story, you have to envision what mm-hmm. they're telling them? 
So when you were telling me that story, I was envisioning a pancake house in Spokane in downtown by I-90 because I had to fill something in for your egg story. So right now, me thinking of the egg story made me then think of, oh, wait, Chet first told me that story in San Pedro. And then I went there and I could see everything from there. And then I went to Spokane from there to the egg to the pancake house that was the memory or at least the stand in for what your story was that you told me back in 2013. Right. <laughs> so there's there's the uselessness of my particular stranger. <laughs> right there. Well, the the pancakes, the, the egg story is very simple. I've hated eggs since I was three years old. One time when uh, we were at the house of pancakes having breakfast and um, someone was eating, I was three years old and someone was eating scrambled eggs, eggs next to us and I got so grossed out that I puked all over the table. Yes. And ever since then I've hated eggs and I think they're disgusting (laughs) and they stink. What did, what did, I got to know what everybody did at the table when this happened. I don't remember. I just remember kind of looked straight up on the table. I just kind of looked over at those eggs and just, (laughs) just puked. (laughs) It was like, so repulsed me. And I stay, you know, I stand by that because eggs really are disgusting. I, you know, now that I'm trying to eat this high protein stuff and, and I'm, uh, vegetarian it would be nice to be able to eat eggs but um i can't eat them because they're disgusting they're disgusting what you're doing is taking an unhatched embryo and it's so nasty yeah that's what it is you know that's the thing if you and they stink you're not being honest with yourself (laughs) about what it is that you're consuming you need to be because i do consume (laughs) eggs right that's the reality i do but i know exactly what it is that i'm consuming i'm not if you think about it though oh my god when you crack the egg it's not like I can afford to go out and have someone make me an egg. I crack my own eggs. It's not. It's like I, snot. Yeah. It's like snot. It's so disgusting. It's but if amazing. You think about it. It's a great. Think about it. You know, for cooking, hold on. Though. If you think about it in the way that it's like, yeah, it's snot. That's gross. But if you think about it, like this is the essence of of this this thing. You know, mm-hmm. the, the the biological essence of this creature that never came. You know, but still, that that's a pretty magical little thing you have in that shell. It's like all the things that would have made a living, breathing animal. That's, well, not that's all pretty magical. Shit. They're not unless they're fertilized. Well, uh, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. It's still, it's like it's snot. It's the soup of existence. I'm saying it's the it's soup like, of existence in a calcium what, shell. Okay, what if snot fried up really nicely and everyone was just start, was eating snot? It's like that gross to me. It's so gross. <laughs> it, the only reason we don't eat snot is because you can't, it doesn't work well to cook with. <laughs> well, no, I mean, but also how would you even source snot? I mean, let's be honest. That's like, beside you, the you point. Know, That's beside the point. That's beside the point. <laughs> you know, you could source eggs. How are you going to source snot? You know, well, like you're just going to have people that have colds all the time and you just like collect their snot <laughs> and then market so it to gross. people to fry up. <laughs> they do something in the lab to make it more friable. <laughs> All right. Anyway, I don't. I don't know. Hey, I think, you set yourself up for that one. You know, if you start going down the gross game with me, where it's uh, I'm not go. grossed out. I'm just worried that this is going to be the lamest episode we've ever done. <laughs> it's not lame at all, dude. It's totally interesting yeah, shit. Yeah. Your synesthesia is a fascinating thing. And furthermore, I think that the most important thing. I mean, really, when it comes right down to it, about all of this, is that what we're talking about again is neurodiversity. You know, we're talking about people whose brains that don't function the same way as the vast majority of the populace, right? For better or for worse. And it's fascinating, you know? And the really, when you think about the world, we talked a little bit about this last time, you know, when you think about the world, 
we talked about my left-handedness and people mm-hmm. joked and then and alexander thinks he figured out why it is i fuck up yeah that was fascinating that. actually yeah it's totally fascinating so but the thing is is that the reason again is because the world of course is going to be built for the typical people right, right. and typical people are right-handed it's two percent of the world's population that are left-handed uh, more or less that's the statistics yeah. so it's like Two percent of the world. Well, we're not going to go out of our way to build everything to try to take into account right. that two percent. That's not reasonable. So, as as a left hander, you know, you you do have to just basically find a way to navigate through. And similarly, as someone who's neurodiverse, which is also a smaller percentage of the population, you're also thinking in ways that's not the way the world is catered towards people to interface with. Right? Mm. You've got all of the you know the vast majority of people interface with their senses in a very specific fashion, and it's consistent among all of those people. So we're talking about these special people that have these other things. Now, does that is that good? I don't know if it's good or it's bad, but it's a reality. And it makes it difficult to navigate in this world yeah. when you're one of those people because it's not made for you. It's not set up for you. It's yeah. not geared for it's just we I don't think it's a moral thing. It's just it's just at least with the synesthesia, it's just kind of weird. It doesn't my synesthesia doesn't have a practical application really. It's more like a just a weird what I'm thing. Saying, here's what I'm saying is that your synesthesia, the way that it exhibits is just the way that it exhibits. It's like you see an iceberg and the tip is sticking out of the water and there's this little tip and you see it. So it's like, oh, well, that's that's what it looks like. I think that how you exhibit in your synesthesia is not the whole of your synesthesia, right? Mm -hmm. You exhibit by having this one thing that you can actually specifically identify as a different way that you interface with the world. But how many points of reference do we have? So what I'm saying is is that likely as a a synesthetic or however you put Mm -hmm. it, I'm not exactly sure how you would pronounce that or how you would put that, but you you are – you are processing sensorial data differently, period, differently than the typical person. And so you're able to earmark that with this flavor name word thing, but that doesn't mean it's not going on in innumerable other ways underneath the surface for you. And that that does alter the way in which you interface with the world, which alters the way you translate the world, which alters the way you create artwork. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's, it it all, it trickles all the way down. Yeah. Uh, when I realized that we should wrap it up because we're in an hour, but when I realized I had it, it, I just thought up until that point, I thought everybody had it. Everybody did that. Sure. It was like, it just, it was so natural, you know, it was really- well, let me relate one thing to it that I think will help other people to kind of grab onto that idea of like thinking that everyone has it. When I was in the second or third grade, quick story. I all of a sudden realized that my grades were dropping and no one knew why. And it was because I was sitting in the back of the class. They moved me to the front of the class and all of a sudden I could see. Turned out I couldn't see. Didn't know this though. I had no no point of reference, right? The world around me was just blurry and that's the way it was. I had no idea that anyone else could see with any level of rigidity better than me. It was just like the world's blurry and I didn't know. And that's how the world was. There weren't sharp lines between things. Everything bled together, you know, where you ended and where the chair began. it was blurry. Right. You might as well have been part of the chair. But then when I put those glasses on my face, the entire world changed for me. I mean, in a moment, in an yeah, instant. What, what year is this? How, how old were you? I was in the second or third grade. Yeah, that's just like. And the whole world, like I was right. like, what in the fuck? Like it was like, you know, the first time you drop acid or something, you're like, what? 
I mean, really? Uh-huh. It looks like this to everyone else. This is how everyone else yeah. has been seeing it all along, and I've not been seeing it this way. And it's such a mind bender. And I and I think that again, a lot of people can relate to those kinds of sensorial right. shifts because they're fundamental and they occur with a lot of people. But the synesthesia thing, in my opinion, is no different than that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Your realization of that being a variant. Right. For what the vast majority, you know, unless you knew that no one else tasted food when they heard people's names, how, how would you even know? <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. It's funny that uh, Mark Mothersbaugh, the singer of Devo, mm-hmm. had that when he said he was five, and he's like legally blind, I think. Uh, you know, so he said that same thing. As soon as he put on a pair of glasses, he just he said described it just the way you did where it would just changed his whole life and he you know he would said he would look up at trees and he didn't realize that there was branches in trees yeah he didn't even know because it's it was what just I a blur thought, what i thought was was like everything was supposed to be blurry from a distance and then when you got closer to it it just became more wow. clear so like <laughs> i would look at a tree and i would knew that there were branches and leaves right i'm right. like looking at it like yeah i know that but you can't see the difference from a distance right. no one can period yeah. but as you get closer and you move into the tree you figured that was the way it was see. for yeah, everyone figured that's how the way it was what yeah that's how, the, that's how the whole world is you don't get to see anything in detail till you get close to it right. that's just how it is <laughs> i think about how many years that is that i went until i realized yeah you know it really did change me i was like whoa holy crap like yeah that's that's not what i thought it was that's when he said he decided he wanted to become an artist i think a visual artist was after that experience that's profound stuff well i think again it's fun to talk about the senses and it's fun to talk about neurodiversity amongst that because i think the vast majority of the people that are listening to this can relate to some form of neurodiversity whether it's synesthesia or anything else because dark artists typically are interfacing in a more neurodiverse fashion as evidenced by the artwork they're creating that is so much different than everything else that's being created in the art world out there, you know? Yeah, I'll be curious to see how many people have a form of synesthesia that, you know, mention it in the comments if you do. And um, if you, um, you know, if you really want your, the flavor of your name, you could also start a thread in the, the, the uh, Dark Art Society secret page that you get from joining Patreon. And, um, the co- cooperative and um i will tell you the flavor of your name in there if you want dun, dun, dun. <laughs> should have done the laugh yeah i know blew so it well. all right and last time you gave me all the shit for how i did it even <laughs> <laughs> whatever anyway do we have any names to read off we did. Jonathan Michael Espinoza. Okay. He was the newest That's edition. Right. We, we read the uh, last ones last time, and that ended with Paul Gerard. And our newest right. guy is Jonathan Michael Espinoza. And he also did a really nice shout out for us on social media, which uh, is always helpful because then people see that that may not know anything about what it is that we're doing because there isn't a day that passes where I don't have somebody say, holy crap. I, even, even honestly, the trippiest thing to me is like people that I know that I follow their work and they follow my work. And then all of a sudden, and, and there's someone who's like been in the you know movement for years and we're familiar with each other and all of a sudden they're like i had no idea you guys were doing this i'm only on episode 24 i'm trying to get caught up (laughs) you know so again just you know anything you can do to spread the word and help people to know about the podcast because we're just trying to draw in as many people as we can yes and uh yeah so thanks for listening uh you can go to the patreon if you want to help support it patreon.com slash dark art society right yeah, patreon.com forward slash dark art society. You got it. All right. Official member. Yes, for only a dollar. Yeah.
We have a really awesome guest next week, guys. So we'll catch you next Wednesday with the Dark Arts Society podcast. Oh, we can't say his name or we shouldn't? Maybe we should. You can if you want to. I don't know. Well, he might not want us to. It It is a boy. Well, a man. (laughs) I'm going to say his name now. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, you just, uh, you'll, you'll, you'll just have to wait. It's exciting though. It is. It's a good, good, uh, good subject here for interview. Catch you guys next Wednesday. Thank you. Bye.